No, no, no. Let me, let me first put all theories to rest, all thoughts and arguments and hopes and dreams. Nine Cents is over. We are not coming back. I would like to find faith to take you on a strange journey. Thanks for joining us on yet another Nine Cents. I know that's contrary to the cold open. No, Nine Cents is in fact over. We ended the very first episode in January. I'm simply doing this as uh, sort of tidying things up for the podcast, so to speak. So I wanted to let everyone know that has been so supportive over the years uh, of Nine Cents' lifespan, these five years, that honestly, it, it just comes down to your popular uh, request of having an archive of Nine Cents episodes existing that I'm actually creating that. So I'm reformatting the website, I'm putting all the specials together in their own special packages, and I'm going to put it all out there, all for you guys, because you've been such a wonderful audience, and your correspondence, honestly, has, has been really absolutely amazing so I appreciate that thank you so much for that and uh, your continued excitement but I do want to make sure that everyone understands no I am not going to continue with nine cents it is completely over it is completely over I'm just finishing up a couple of these Star Wars episodes in order to have the five that I have of every other special but that means that I get to connect with two of uh, two of my favorite Satanists I have Cameron and I have Dorian here how are both you Doing What's wonderful. up, man? Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Good to talk to you again, friend. Yeah. I mean, we had three amazing episodes so far, and I'm going to run down those really briefly here in just a second. Uh, but I've gotten so much, and surprisingly, almost more greater magic conversations. Um, I'm sorry, almost more than the greater magic episode conversations. I've gotten, like, uh, just people reaching out to talk about the Star Wars specials and uh, what we've talked about there's seemingly this infinite amount of people that are just like us total star wars geeks who are also just happen to be satanists and uh hey all the fucking better right indeed of course um so let me run down what we've already talked about so that everyone listening this is actually the third episode uh we the very first one was released in august 30th 2015 we talked about why we love star wars and if and how star wars is in any way representative of satanic themes or satanic ideas on november 29 2015 we talked about the hero's journey in star wars and how it relates to satanists identities. Uh, Today, February 21, we're going to be talking about the light and dark side of the Force and how it relates to satanic themes. And then in the future, 
undetermined times. Honestly, it just comes down to all of us getting together and <laughs> deciding to, you know, devote time to talking about Star Wars. Uh, we're going to talk about iconic characters of the Star Wars and their ex- satanic expressions if they have any and then sometime in the further distance after rogue one has been released we'll talk about that in some form and see what we think about returning back to a new hope era and uh stealing the plans of the death star so that'll be a really exciting one off in the distance hopefully it's this year (laughs) But who knows, you know, with, with life in the way. Uh, I would like to say that uh, this episode, and this is going to be really corny, live read here, people, be prepared. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Dashing Devil Grooming Products. Go to DashingDevil.com. They offer the best in men's grooming products from hair and body wash to shaving or beard cream. Uh, Dashing Devil has grooming uh, for everything the modern devil needs to work his lesser magic. You can always get free shipping if you live in the U.S. And if you want 10% off, use the promo code B-A-A-C. Back. Almost like Bacta Tank for you Star Wars geeks. <laughs> but, <laughs> nice. Yes, yeah, sorry. I, did, I threw a commercial in there. <laughs> hey, no, that's great. Yeah, you gotta stuff. be, a, you gotta be hardcore with that. <laughs> Have you guys used uh, Dashing Devil? Are you familiar? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I use I, the Leviathan oil and their beard balm. I, I absolutely love it. I actually was making my own. I had my own line for a little while there and I was like, I got too many fucking projects going on. So maybe I'll have to try his. <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you're not making your own, that's pretty hardcore. At least it seems to be for someone like me who knows nothing about <laughs> any of it. Uh, I've been using the, um, rum trader beard oil. And uh, I've been digging it, man. I've been having a good time with it. Seems to be working quite well. Um, And for those of you who don't know about beard oil or beard care products or think that it's just, you know, this sort of weird modern invention, you need to educate yourselves because it's really not. Uh, DashingDevil.com, do yourselves a favor. All right, let's talk a little Star Wars. So by the last time that we spoke, I mean, individually, both... Uh, Dorian and Cameron, we we have individually spoken briefly since Star Wars The Force Awakens has been released. However, now we're all together and we can totally fucking nerd out. So, uh, Dorian, I'm going to ask you first, what did you think? I loved it. I loved it right (laughs) away. Um, I I saw it the same as I did with the original. I saw it three times in the theater to make sure because I actually did that with episode one. And with episode one, each time I went back, I was like, "Ah, I liked it less. (laughs) This time, uh, each one, each time I I liked it more. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there was complaints by some people that it was too similar to the originals, but I think it was kind of necessary to say, hey, remember uh, you old fans, we didn't forget about you. We want to bring you back and we want to kind of show the newer people what we love about Star Wars and now from here out we can kind of take it in new directions. So totally loved it. What do you think, Cameron? Oh my God, I I, I cried the first time I saw it. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm not even going to lie. That opening scroll... Well, duh. That, of course, that happened, and you know what's going to happen too. But yeah. it, I, I still, I got a little teary-eyed. But just that opening scroll, oh my god, seeing that on the big screen again, but new, it just, it, oh man, I, I got a little misty-eyed. I, I won't lie. Yeah. Saw it three <laughs> times, read the book twice, and I, I definitely need to go see it one more time before it gets out of theaters. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, it's weird because 
I, I heard some people complaining that it felt like it took too long. Like it, it was just slow in the middle, like with the Maz Kanata Cantina sequence. I, I didn't feel that at all. Like it felt too fast to me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, it seems ridiculous to think that. Oh, you mean the, those parts where they where they build story? That's too slow <laughs> for you. You know, like. I mean, that's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that people are like that nowadays. Like, if it's not you know constant action, you have to have a little bit of story and a little bit of building so we know what yeah. the hell's going on. You know. So. Exactly. Well, the way they set this up, it's so that any everybody can enjoy it, whether it's diehard fans or you know, this is the first experience they had with Star Wars. Like they set everything yes. up just right, so everybody got the same story. Were you yeah. guys uh, happy with the amount of information we got about the main character, Ray? Yes, I felt it was yeah I, just amount or just the right amount. Yeah, and and I think that I think that was interesting that um, they did a really good job of throwing people off beforehand as far as. Um, the spoilers not getting out. And so like all the posters and everything made you feel like it was going to be Finn. Yeah. And so I, I appreciated what they did. So also from what I understand, I, I haven't had a chance to read the book yet. I, I'm planning on checking it out and I have, I downloaded the audio, but I haven't listened to it yet. But from what I've heard from you, Adam is there seems to be some other possible spoilers that are in the book yeah. that are not in the movie about that so and i don't even really know if it's spoilers as much as they just explore what they couldn't in a, a movie sequence you know right right yeah. i mean specifically and and john since you are i'm sorry cameron since you've uh, listened to the uh or read the book a couple times already um at the very end in that final duel sequence between um kylo and ray in the book he immediately has this moment of recognition it's you yeah. They don't explore why he says it's you, but there is this assumption that he knows her. Like there's a connection that yeah. is aware that's beyond the fact that he took her prisoner already. Like he, yeah, yeah. he is connected with her in some way, which is really exciting. What did you think of that? It, you know, honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't thrown in the movie like right? that. <laughs> that's I yelled yeah. at my book. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Ah. No, I have to wait two more years to find out what the hell's going on. It's bullshit. <laughs> bullshit, man. What did you think about? Well, uh, no. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking that, um, you know, after Adam, after you, uh, you told me about that, um, I think, which is actually the same night that it came out or, or maybe shortly after mm -hmm. uh, that same weekend. And I started thinking about it. So the next time I went and saw it, I realized that in the flashbacks, um, I, I, I have a feeling that Ray was in the uh, uh, the Jedi camp, the uh, right. the training camp, right. and that my my guess is that Kylo, when he was wiping people out, she somehow stopped him, and that would be the recognition of oh, so shit. it's you. She's no, Harry that's, Potter. That's my theory. <laughs> She's Harry Potter. Don't ruin it. <laughs> She's got a lightning scar on her butt or something. <laughs> I will hunt down that's my and theory. kill every fucking screenwriter if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to put up with it. No, it was, yeah, it was because, I mean, obviously they, they describe that 
vision sequence much more in the book but they still kind of left at least for me it was a little bit arbitrary because i didn't know whether or not she was experiencing it firsthand like firsthand memories or if she was using a force power that had only been explored in video games and books up to that point which was this sort of past cognition of like the history surrounding an object rather than first person history and so it's I mean, this is really sort of deep in alternate, you know, expanded universe and stories and stuff like that. But if it was just a sort of a precog uh, force experience, then it had nothing to do with her. But if it was yeah, like she was breaking like was through this mixed. barrier that was put on her mind, then it it was her, you know, so it's, it's either way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there was the there was a scene where she was crying to the spaceship flying away as a as a baby so i think i think the vision was mixed i mm-hmm. think there was parts of somebody else's past and parts of her own obviously that is the scene where you see uh luke skywalker's uh, robot hand touching r2d2 yeah. so i mean there you know there's i think it was probably mixed and she didn't know how to control it yeah. okay so uh personal opinions uh cameron do you think that ray is a member of the skywalker or solo family um I would honestly be really surprised if she wasn't. Oh, really? Just, just yeah, just the way that it's set up, um, like you, you almost get that feeling. Especially, at least I did when I was reading the book. Like, it, uh, especially with the lightsaber scene, um, like when she grabs it and then uh, yeah, the Maz other. is talking to her about it. Oh, okay. it, I see. Uh, cause it, it just seems like it should be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And and you, uh, Dorian. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think when you when you look at the storyline as a whole, this being a continuation of, of the other six movies, um, the story is about the Skywalker family. So I think even though it seems odd, you know, like did Luke have a wife or you know, there's obviously something, there's things that we don't know about, but it almost seems like she would have to be uh, a Skywalker in order for it to just make sense to be part of the story. Interesting. So I, I, I do want to also bring in a little devil's advocate thought here because, you know, we when we think of Kylo Ren, we think of Ben Solo. He's a Skywalker. I mean, half yeah, of his parents yeah. are fucking Skywalker. Yeah. So yeah. maybe he's that continuation, not Rey. Um, you know, well, I, I, I hope he doesn't turn back to the light side, honestly, just so that we have a good evil villain. But yeah. Yeah. I do think that he is that con- he's going to be that sort of um, uh, 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 downtrodden anti-hero that we watch him rise in the darkness, be betrayed by the darkness, never go back to the light, but just sort of destroy himself because he just chose the- or he was too weak to stay on the right path. Like I, I want that type of a sorrow to his character. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I agree, and I I think that uh, I think that was part of uh, obviously him killing his father was him needing to trying to transition to something even darker, and uh, I think that was actually one of those things where I really got annoyed by people complaining about his character, like that he was so emo or whatever. Like that's what it's supposed to be. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be a frustrated kid. He obviously, you know, goes into these fits and stuff. So yeah, I, I feel the same too. I don't want to see, I don't want to see the last minute um, suddenly become the, the nice good guy and apologize for everything. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't need another Anakin Skywalker moment. 
Yeah. Well, and and it's interesting because, I mean, I I don't I don't know if it's a just for the story's sake, but traditionally, all of our bad guys have been fully formed at the beginning of a story. Mm-hmm. You know, episode four, Darth Vader was completely fully formed. It wasn't until years later that we would you know find out how, how he became right. Darth Vader. Um, yeah. You know, every horror movie ever, every bad guy is fully formed. We're getting an opportunity yeah. to see the development of a bad guy, which I think is is kind of a cool fucking... I know it's a deterrent to a lot of the people that saw the movie, but I think it's really kind of cool. Yeah, I do too. I mean, we miss... Obviously, there's things that missed, you know, he we because he's already a young adult. Mm-hmm. So there are parts that we miss, but he obviously doesn't have it mastered like like the first time we saw Vader yeah. or the first time yeah. we saw uh, Sidious. Boring. I mean, he's not even I mean, fully trained. He's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, he pretty yeah, much that's just seems was... like Ackloyd. That's about it. Yeah, sort I mean. a pawn. And I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember if it was full. I've only seen the movie twice, but I'm so ingrained with the audiobook of it that I've listened to three times that I'm mixing the two together. There was a moment where Leia was talking to Han when Han was about to go to Starkiller base with Finn uh, and rescue Rey and sort of take down the, the shield generator and then, you know, the sort of the trigger of the Starkiller gun. But where he where she was telling him that Snoke was watching their son the entire time. She knew it. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. thought he could or she could sort of, you know, keep her son on track but but she couldn't ultimately and there's this really great moment in the book after ray had killed his father i'm sorry after kylo or ben had killed his father where he thought i'm supposed to be more powerful now they never explored this in the movie but he had these serious doubts like i'm supposed to feel good about this i'm so supp- my grandfather killed fucking younglings and he became more powerful yeah. he killed the separatist leaders he became more powerful i just killed my fucking dad and i don't feel good yeah. about this yeah <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> right exactly yeah and you can i mean you, either way i mean you see him going through frustration in the movies not yeah that's not explored in the movie but um but you can see a frustration to him that he's He's not what he should be. Obviously, when he's reaching for the lightsaber and it goes past him and goes into yeah. Ray's hands. Yeah, I love that. Pretty awesome. Without even knowing really much about it. So, <laughs> well, uh, they did push production back on. I mean, they just started principal photography for the new Star Wars uh, episode, but they pushed it back to a December release rather than an earlier release. It was probably yeah. a studio, you know, other movies out, or they just thought it would be a better time frame to release it. So we're going to have to wait. I think it was like a month or two months later to see the next one. Um, but it's sort of on par with when we were kids, you know, watching Empire to Jedi and stuff like that. So, and we have other yeah. stuff to keep us busy between then. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to Rogue One. Right? Exactly. Are you guys? I'm so nervous. I am too. <laughs> You're nervous, really? I I am, because I I just wonder where they're gonna take that line from. Because I mean, of course, we already know they're not taking much from the books anymore. Right. But right. I mean, there's so much that happens at that point in time. It's that's of course because I read too damn much that it's already ingrained in my head. This is what happens. And it's like, oh, please, please don't ruin this for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've confirmed Darth Vader. They've confirmed uh, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally at, like, it has to end at the exact moment that episode four begins with yeah. the Star Destroyer capturing Princess Leia's uh, diplomatic vessel. So 
because that's yeah. where R2 actually has the plans at the very beginning. Right. So there has to be a moment where R2 is given those plans from the Rogue One crew. I mean, it. I'm, I'm crazy excited yeah. for it because, I mean, they've got James Earl Jones back. Um, there is oh, rumor that I've that. heard, or I've read anyway, about like the Anakin character, like the actor, I can't remember his name, coming back. What do you guys think of that? Christian Hayden or whatever. Wait, the, oh. the guy who played... Oh, really? Yeah. I, uh, I, I've never been in I trouble in my really life. I would go to jail for punching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he's a very good actor. I mean, if he's in the suit, then I guess it doesn't matter if, if he's just, you know, in the yeah. suit and James Earl uh, Jones is just a voice. Emoting, yeah. what's, what's the difference? But I also heard rumor that he was going to be back for the next, like, actual Star Wars one like you know episode 8 hmm. so that I don't would, know <laughs> I don't know why that would be. I was pissed that the they replaced him in Return right at the end of Return of the Jedi yeah that was bullshit yeah they shouldn't have done that fucked up no right. well it, I mean they've <laughs> proven obviously that they can pull off a great Star Wars movie so and they're doing amazing things with the Marvel Universe They've done a stellar job with the beginning of the Star Wars universe that they've begun exploring. So I do actually have some pretty good trust that they'll they'll do us a solid with yeah, Rogue One. Yeah. All right, well let's uh, let's get into the light and dark side of the Force proper. Let's start with the light side of the Force in our Star Wars and Satanism discussion with Dorian Cameron and myself, Adam. So uh, let's start with the light side. Dorian, can you explain uh, the the way that the Star Wars universe in the movies specifically, how they've characterized generally, how they've characterized the force and what the light side versus the dark side means? Hmm. Okay. Well, um, I think that they kind of just characterize uh, force in general as um, – it's just this force of nature that anybody can tap into. And I, you can, I think when it comes to the dark side or the light side of the force, um, they're, they're kind of insinuating, um, what part of the force, uh, in yourself you are manipulating, um, or what kind of, I guess maybe what side you're tainting the force with what you're going to mm-hmm. do with it. Um, they don't seem to say like, the force isn't necessarily, you know, like a good God or a bad God. I mean, it's just, a, it's just, um, a part of nature That's like that a tool, anyone can right? tap into. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just something, it's just, it's just like, it's almost like life essence. You know, it's what they say. Like it's it, what binds the universe to get together. It's uh, it's just this, this nature itself is I, what I would, think and they kind of tap into not that it's a spiritual thing but they kind of make it seem like you know like there's a spiritual side to it where you can Mm -hmm. use it to manipulate things for good or for bad or to enhance your strengths or your powers yeah 
So um, the the Jedi seem to be focused more on, of course, the light side, which is using it for the good of everyone. This sort of socialist collective. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace, sort love, of, yeah. And damn hippies. benefit of everyone. Uh, Eschewing the more what we would as human beings recognize as human elements of anger and sorrow and rage and fear. Like they should have pushed that away. Um, so we'll talk about the dark side in just a little bit here. I really want to kind of explore the light side. And, and as we begin this discussion, you know, we have to collectively recognize this is fun. This is not reality. There, there's nothing real about this. As Satanists, there's no such thing as white magic or black magic. That's all fucking mumbo jumbo bullshit that is made up by people who want to sell books. Uh, the reality is, is we all have our own will and our will is perceived by others as either good or bad, but it is our duty, in my opinion, as human beings, basically, but more importantly, as Satanists, to exert our will on the world around us, and they can interpret it however the fuck they want, as long as we get what we've demanded out of life. Um, so, as we're going through this discussion, we're not championing one over the other, we're just having fun with a fictional universe, and that's the whole point of this, is fun. So, Cameron, let me, let me start with you here on the light side uh, inner discussion, because I think out of the three of us, you've read the most of all of this universe. Um, what do you think of the light side of the force? How do you think, <clears throat> what do you think of how it's been used and portrayed, and you know, what are your thoughts? I can appreciate it. Um to the extent of, you know, how it's used to protect loved ones, uh, protect your fellow people, all that stuff. Um, I don't know. It's always seemed sort of on the weaker spectrum for me. I mean, of course, you've got certain characters that are like, you know, full-blown like Jedi Masters and stuff that are, you know, just two steps away from being on the line of dark side. But... Yeah. I don't know. It just always seems so weak to me. I, I just, I don't know. I've never really been a huge fan of it. And of course, a lot of the books deal with the Jedi. Like very mm -hmm. few actually follow a real heavy Sith storyline. But even with all that, it's still just sort of like meh. Well, what I mean, the very first Jedi we're introduced to in the Star Wars movies as they've been released was. An amazing Jedi Master, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, this yeah. this dude is the personification of the light side, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are there any other characters that you can think of that would, that you could just say, oh, that is a light side character? Well, Yoda, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yoda goes without saying. Uh, probably my favorite would have to be Mace Windu, and he's the one that, he toes the line, but he also is aware of where he is and knows how to control everything that he really? needs to control. Oh yeah. So do you get that from the books or from the movies? Um, definitely the books. I mean, the movies, you definitely get a sense of him being sort of a rebel, but still Isn't that the, the point of the uh, purple lightsaber as well. Not just because he's a black guy, but because, <laughs> well, yeah, it was know. a different kind of crystal. It was the only thing that wouldn't that be red for like watermelon or like, <laughs> 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 Sorry, racist moment. I'm just getting people. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. See, I'd never read anything about Mace Windu, so I didn't know that he sort of towed like a line. I just assumed because in the movie he'd always he he was like a militant side of 
the Jedi yeah. um, uh, hierarchy. So yeah. I just assumed he was just, you know, one of those more militant faceted ones. I didn't know that he actually sort of had this awareness of the dark side within himself. Oh yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I think that's necessary to be a Jedi master is to have a full understanding of the dark side and even to an extent having tasted it because how are you going to know what is the opposite of you kind of without actually knowing that's yeah which there is was kind a, of the there point of, uh, there. I kind of lost in, in the movies <laughs> like in the movies like when yoda sends luke into the cave i mean that's kind of the point is to face the dark side as well yeah see that's interesting um there was an essay that was written in uh for the for the life of me, I can't remember who it was, so I apologize for not calling them out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but it was about the idea that you can never really, and this was a satanic essay, uh, you, you can't really understand happiness unless you've known sorrow and vice versa. It is those polar extremes of experience that we have as human beings that allow us to truly understand what those emotions that we just sort of claim or take advantage mean. Um so, by way of example, uh, my friend killed himself. I didn't know sorrow absolutely until that point. And conversely, I didn't know happiness in a friend until I knew the loss of him. Yeah. Uh, my children being born. I didn't understand the happiness of creation until I actually had my own. And it was amazing and it totally changed me. So, have you guys had those polar experiences as well? Uh, let's start with you, Dorian. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't see how uh, anybody could could not have. I mean, there's there's obviously there's there are certain extremes too, and, and you know, I think we I think I even have mentioned this before, but like, um, but for me, um, an example that I think I've given in the past was that uh, for a couple of years of my life, I was homeless when I was. 18 to 21 years old and I, I lived in abandoned houses and I, I struggled and fought. And now, um, when I'm at my job, um, where I get to sit in an air conditioned room and listen to whatever music I want and wear whatever I want. And I draw on people for a living. When I hear other tattoo artists who complain, uh, to me, it's it's kind of a shut the fuck up. You have no idea how bad it could be, <laughs> kind yeah. of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. so, I was yeah, sucking so off I, hobos I, for fresh water, it. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that extreme, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, Cameron, I mean, have you had those polar experiences that have helped you sort of realize the opposite emotion? Oh, of course, like I've. I've had to bury so many people over the years. Yeah, I mean, even a hitman or because you said uh, not, not officially. <laughs> no, just of course the, the loss of friends, loss of family. And it, of course it's one of those things you never realize how important that person is to you and how much they meant until they're gone. And then you realize mm. you're an asshole. And then you learn to appreciate a little bit more what you get with the people that you get. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's it's an interesting thing. And I like to see it paralleled in these stories with Star Wars and the Force with these characters that we've grown to love because especially with Luke specifically because he he at least in the expanded universe played both sides of that dark side light side fence so much mm -hmm. and that made him a a more real person than say the Obi-Wan Kenobi who seemingly never touched the dark side or 
and even for me, like I never read anything about Yoda before, but had you guys ever heard anything about him ever looking into the dark side at all? Oh. Like he seems like a pretty white lighter, right? Oh no. He, he almost destroyed a planet once to prove a point to count Dooku. What? Yeah. Like, uh, uh I forget what a, oh, I want to say it was, the, uh, I want to say it was the approaching storm. Um, but it was right before the clone wars, uh, or attack of the clones. Sorry. And, um, Count Dooku the whole time is just, you know, come to the dark side, master. You don't know the power of it. Just, you know, trying to get him to turn. So Yoda actually starts to embrace it. And the, the entire planet is trembling and it's, it's a dark side planet to begin with. So it's so powerful anyways. <laughs> and as he's absorbing it, I mean, there's just tremors everywhere. Everything's starting to fall apart. And then he just stops, looks at Dooku. He's like, you really think I would have done this? come on and then it's pretty much over but yeah it's it it was pretty intense wow yeah i had no idea i have to see that read that one Hmm. it's it's a good one i'm pretty sure but then that comment that comment though almost sounds like he he had it under control all along oh of course but again that i mean that does beg the question like was he playing uh dooku's emotions (laughs) just it showing how powerful the light side really is that it's not just the dark side that's so powerful but he's just making the choice not to destroy the planet or was he actually towing that dark side line do you think right exactly true it, it probably was the latter but it's weird because yoda has always been a fully formed character like oh yeah from the first time yeah, we were yeah. introduced to him in empire to all of the eu and prequel cartoons and stuff that have been released since and clone wars you know content um he's always been fully formed like i've never seen like a yoda doubting or questioning he's 900 years old (laughs) he's had enough time to kind of figure stuff out right but like on that large of a time span wouldn't like the 400 mark or the 300 mark be like your pre-teen angst like angry teen (laughs) well in the in the clone wars the last season if anything Go ahead. In the, yeah, yeah. In the last season of the Clone Wars, um, I, I want to say it was pretty close to the finale uh, when he's going through the trials to uh, deal with the dark side portion of himself. It, even at that point, he was still—you could tell there were doubts. Like he questioned mm-hmm. certain things, even though he knew he didn't fully know until he ended that part of himself, pretty much. Really? See, I... Well, and he he tell he says to Luke that for um for eight hundred years that he's trained the Jedi, so you gotta you gotta wonder. I mean, like you said, you know, once you get three or four hundred years old, aren't you bored? Don't you be like, I, I need to at least try something else for a while. <laughs> yeah. I, especially if it's like <clears throat> Pinky's out drinking tea, <laughs> light side style, you know. <laughs> yeah. Are Are you watching me right now? Do I have the camera yeah. on? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I is. Uh, I mean, it would be like, hey, I'm going to, I've given the light side 300 years. Let me do a hundred dark side. I'll come back to you later. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That large of a time. <laughs> Write yourself a note. Don't forget to turn back to the light side again. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So obviously we're all Satanists and we all identify with that darker side of nature and aesthetic anyway, but let's pretend for a minute. Uh, what do you think the draws are? And I'm going to start with you again, Dorian. Uh, what are the draws for the light side? What, like, is there anything about it that you find attractive? 
Well, <clears throat> I think when it comes to I, well, I think it, first off, it's going to appeal to uh, a certain personality type to begin with like you know young bright-eyed luke you know who who wants to make a difference you know mm. of course it was appealing to him um and i, I think maybe maybe when you're young uh, and you don't have as much of a realistic view of the world then maybe there's more of that appeal that um i can make a difference i can be a part of this <laughs> um and you know that's something that obviously know with time and wisdom <laughs> we grow out of but uh for some people they don't um as far as for myself like yeah i can't really see other than certain things like protection like uh cameron had said earlier you know like as far as getting a group together to say we're going to protect our planet but then again you know that could be it, it hasn't been done successfully with a very many sith you know in the past but i mean you know as far as um dark side and light side i don't think that necessarily there, there are people who are not necessarily choosing a side they just are force users um or there's also uh from what i understand there's a there's a the gray side the gray jedi is that what they're called yeah um, but, is that uh, you think so, I mean, you know, it, it is yeah uh so i, I you know i mean there's a uh, you know and i guess I, I would have to think that gray side would probably be more uh, uh, satanic it's a it's a third side perspective you know on taking right. the good the Absolutely. useful parts from each side um but yeah i mean so i mean as far as you know what would be appealing to me on the light side i mean other than just knowledge in general um certainly like you said like you said uh earlier when if you're if you want to be on the light side you have to at least understand the dark side it works both ways if you want to be a master of a true master of the dark side should know something about the light side as well. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, it is interesting because in, in all of the movies, as I'm recalling them, the Sith are saying, you know, there is no light and dark. It's fully understanding the force. And we fully understand the force and the light side of them are like the Jedi, for example, are saying, you know, don't be tempted by the dark side. Don't study the dark side. Just stay within the light. So one side is saying, hey, we've been there. We've done that. We understand. And we choose this. And the other side is like, I don't want to even look behind door number three. Let's just stay in our fucking lane. So yeah. do you think, uh, Cameron, let me ask you, do you think that the the light side of the Force users, and specifically Jedi Knights, but like, for example, in The Force Awakens, Maz Kanata actually had uh, Force abilities, and so did that very first guy who actually had, at the very beginning of the movie, who had, I can't remember his name for the life of me right now, but um, he gave Poe Dameron the map, to the partial map to Luke Skywalker. Um, oh, yeah. He was a Force user, and there's supposed yeah. to be some, like, cut scenes like extras that we'll get in the blu-ray release of the movies to sort of flesh out those moments and those characters a little bit more but that they never would have understood because they just towed that light side line i mean do you think that the light side i guess let me sort of round this question out do you think the light side is blind to reality because they're only trying to stay in one lane uh, for the most part, like I would say the bulk of them, especially if we're going with the actual Jedi order. Hmm. I mean, they have so much information at their fingertips, like libraries and libraries of holocrones, but yet none of it delving with the dark side. And that's just a huge chunk of the big picture that they're missing. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I believe they're a little less than knowledgeable 
and that that's always been a thing for me especially with the books is that's what I haven't been able to draw myself to the light side with is just the fact like it's insisting on ignorance essentially mm-hmm. sure which is similar to modern many modern religions actually yeah Christianity yeah. especially very interesting in that point too is that you know th- those of us who and you may not even I self identify as a Satanist but you know you may identify yourself as a sort of left hand path uh, acolyte you, know, you just you you've done your study of those right hand religions and it just hasn't connected with you and and all of us listening have un- have been here and understood this idea where. We've tried to toe the line, and whether it was uh, parental force or our own desire to try to be that thing, our nature was so dramatically different, we had to go outside of that lane. Um, and so it is, I, I think it's an interesting idea to explore in that the life side being so narrow, s- paralleling, as you, Dorian, said uh, just now, uh, the Christian sort of uh, spin-off faiths, that... They don't want you to see anything outside their lane, probably because in reality, the second you do, you'll have perspective and you'll sort of like fall away from their bullshit. But as far as like the story <laughs> yeah. of Star Wars goes, um, I don't know. Is it is it experience? Is it you're not as pure well, if you and if touch I can, the darkness? If, there's there's another aspect to this that uh, that I've talked about before, and in fact, uh, I think I actually talked to Megas Gilmore about this on on uh, my show. But uh, um, when it comes to uh, you know, like we talked about, almost like a willful ignorance, um, when you when it comes to the prophecy of the one who is supposed to bring balance to the force, um, at the time. Um, like take episode one, when even before they had found Anakin, there was this prophecy out there of one who's supposed to bring force. Now they, they didn't even know that there was any more Sith. As far as they knew, all the Sith were wiped out, yet there's tons of Jedi. So they didn't see how unbalanced it was to the opposite direction. And when um, Anakin betrays him, you know, Obi-Wan kind of freaks out is like, you're the one who was supposed to bring balance and like – that's exactly what he was fucking doing. Like, how did they not yeah. understand that um, by wiping all of them out? And there's only two freaking Sith. How did not understand that's exactly what balance is? Right. That's interesting. So it, there is a willful ignorance there. Like, how did they not? How did they not see this coming? The fact that there was, hey, there's tons of guys, and there's no bad guys around, and this guy's supposed to bring balance. Like yeah. <laughs> that that should have that should have been a red flag right there, you know. Yeah. Well, can I ask you guys because I and you'll have to you know when you reply here just explain a little bit more about yourselves. But I always loved Obi Wan's character because he was this sort of polar opposite of Darth Vader. Um, but hearing how you're explaining it and the ignor the inherent blind ignorance of that idea of bringing balance to the force and not being able to see it for what it really is. Does that taint, um, the character of Obi-Wan for you? Uh, let's start with Cameron. No, not really. It, even with everything, he's still fully actualized. Like he knows who and what he is and really that's all he needs. Um, I mean, uh, he had to have, 
of course, in the expanded universe, he had to have at least sort of studied uh, the dark side, especially with who his master was. I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn was pretty much one of those fringe Jedi knights or uh, fringe Jedi masters anyways. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel he, he knows a lot more than he would probably admit to. Right. But even if he doesn't, I still, I, there's not really much that could ruin that character for me. Huh. What do you think, Dorian? I can't. I, I, I don't. I don't know. Like when we're first introduced to to Obi Wan in Episode Four, um, obviously he's he's a wise man. He's got some cool tricks, um, and that's about all we really see from him. He, you know, kind of willingly allows himself to be destroyed by Vader doesn't put up a huge fight and we understand why but other than a few tricks and stuff um when next time we see him in episode one he's young and he's headstrong and all of a sudden he's you know by the end of it he's got um he's got to be in charge of taking care of anakin Hmm. i can't really see a whole lot to me personally that uh was appealing in his character other than he kind of held his own with darth maul for a bit um and you know there's other things and you know i'm looking forward to i know they're going to do a standalone movie and so i think once they take him out of all of that and put him by himself he may actually Wait, be more interesting they're, they're doing a standalone Kenobi Kenobi movie i, I yes. didn't even know that holy shit really yeah, that's pretty damn amazing yep uh i think that'll be i think i think uh the first standalone will be a young solo so i think it'll maybe it's kenobi's first i can't remember but yeah, they're they're doing a standalone Kenobi movie. It's I'm there's a good chance uh, that Ewan McGregor will be playing him again. I sure hope uh, so. Yeah, he was great. But uh, but as far as I guess in the overall cast, like he never stood out to me as like the one that I found appealing or you know thought that he was the badass or anything. So yeah. I, I I don't know. Like it doesn't necessarily ruin the character to me because he it wasn't like one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, I'd been a, a fan of Owen McGregor's from train spotting days. And so when he was <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, I immediately connected that much more and meta references because of it. But I, he, I just thought he was going to like unravel character. a sheet full of shit at the, at the Darth, <laughs> Darth Maul or something. <laughs> First of all, that was the worst toilet in Scotland, okay? So it's not like it's his fault. He just happened to keister some heroin and he had to poo. So you got to do what you got to do when you have a serious drug habit. But um, uh, totally, if you haven't seen Transpire, that made no sense at all. <laughs> um, but it, it was the idea that, that Yoda, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan, the three main... Um, Jedi is of the Jedi order that were really introduced to in the movies, even though there were actually more, but those are the main personalities of them. Um, that they couldn't see that the bringing the balance was to bring down, bring the Jedi's down to the level of the Sith. Um, yeah. it did make me think, wow, you guys are like much stupider than you pretend to be. And, and the idea of the Jedi, which is so championed and held up high as this esteemed uh, goal for Luke, that we were first introduced to as children. Now as an adult, I'm seeing as foolish and it kind of bugged me. Like I didn't like the, 
this sort of, you know, give and take as a storyteller of George Lucas in that way. It kind of, it kind of bugged me. I got to be honest. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to hear the, the different interpretations and takes of that. Uh, let's, uh, I mean, we're, we're uh, running a little bit late here. We started talking before we started the show. So let's go ahead and dive into the dark side of the force here. Um, uh, and as we do, um, let's keep in mind again, and I, I hate, I actually don't really hate saying it. I think it's kind of stupid, but uh, this is fun. This is not meant to be literal. <laughs> I know people like listen yeah, yeah. to things and they're like, well, a Satanist is saying it, so it must be truth. And that may be shortcoming, shortcutting some of the audience. But to be fair, I've interacted with a small portion of my audience. And <laughs> those of you who know who you are, you, they, as with anything, there's a fraction of dummies out there. So <laughs> this is all for fun. There is. Yeah, I mean, and to be it's fair, true. like, I I don't care. I'm not doing this podcast anymore anyway, so what the <laughs> fuck? This is just fun for me. Um, so, yeah, it, it, don't take this seriously. Just have fun with it. This is Star Wars and Satanism with uh, Dorian Cameron and Adam. So let's talk about the dark side next. Okay, so Dorian, let's start off. Let's talk about the dark side. What do you think? What's what's the deal with the dark side? The deal with the dark side, well, <laughs> um, you know, with the light side, they tell you that you have to basically, you know, it's all about abstinence. You have to give up everything. Uh, the dark side is more you can have everything. Um, however, you know, I will say that, uh, you know, one thing is that, you know, the more power you want to have in, you have to, they always say you have to give in. So there's this surrendering aspect that I kind of, yeah. other than, other than that, I like it, but other than, that's the one aspect about it I don't like, but the dark side is more about, it's a, it's, it's more about a selfishness. It's more about, uh, passions. It's more about emotions actually. Um, whereas the light side try and they try and drill you not to have any emotions uh, the dark side allows you to embrace those emotions. So uh, yeah. it's kind of, but then again, a lot of the actions are dictated by their emotions. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's which, interesting. Uh, obviously there's trouble there. They do like really hammer home that idea. Give in to the hate, give in to your yeah. fear. I never really saw it as them actually being like subordinate to their emotion. I just thought it was, they yeah. were embracing it. So that's, that's really that's, interesting. That's, actually that's like how the I always took it. Thing, that's the first thing that Anakin does when he is so desperate to, uh, to help Padme that he, you know, when he helps Palpatine, he kneels and says, I will do whatever you ask me to do. You know, he, and that's step one. He just, you know, mm. kneels. Hey, let's you know, let's do a I quick jump out of the conversation. Was that the most fucked moment of the whole prequel series for you guys? Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. It wasn't natural, definitely. Yeah, it totally took me out of the entire thing. I was sitting here hoping there would be more exploration of 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 Anakin, like like falling into this pattern of the dark side, and not just like I, he fucks up Mace, and he's like. 
yes, master. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, you, were, yeah, yeah, you exactly. wouldn't even bow to the fucking Jedi Master Yoda, and you're now bowing yeah. to a senator? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a really quick transition. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that that and the ending, the no, that just that, that killed me. <laughs> it's like, I know, like he... uh, let's hurry this along. We got to release. Yeah, yeah. Here. that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, it it bugged me. They, and the weirdest part is that you can. There are so many different ways that you could have paid off that ex- same experience that it would have made sense and it would have made everyone happy, whether you're a fan or not. It would have made story logical sense, but they just didn't do it I, I it was so weird especially and here again we're sort of stepping out of the conversation quickly here but the death of fucking padme what the fuck like they could have explained anything yeah. it was a blood clot it Just was a fucking up. tumor it was anything yeah. Yeah. but she didn't have the yeah. will fuck you yeah, yeah that was <laughs> yeah even the blood clot uh, could have been caused from her choking you know yeah like, there's so many ways to tie it in to make sense and they were just like hey fuck it I don't care anymore let's just give the fucking yeah. fans shit Oh, that pissed me off so bad. Yeah. Sorry. I, just, yeah, I watched like it the other day and it, it struck a chord. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Yeah, you're right. Uh, Cameron, uh, dark side of the force here. Let's get back on track. <laughs> I'm actually genuinely angry right now. I'm sweating. God that's, damn it. Yeah, that, Fucking that's the reason why me. I don't touch the prequels very often. <laughs> Like, honestly, George Lucas, are you fucking crazy? Okay, come on. You just totally gave up. Okay. <sighs> I'm okay now, sorry. Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> Cameron, so the dark side. Obviously, you're a Satanist. Uh, were you, as far as like the story goes, were you attracted to the dark side because it had the ultimate villain or because you connected with this darkness within yourself? Or I mean, what was it? Well, uh, of course, like with how young I was when I first saw the first movie, hmm. It was just connecting with the villain because he's so awesome. Um, it honestly, it wasn't until I started reading the books really that I really, really grasped the dark side of the force and just like all the mythos behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just so selfish and there's such a thirst for knowledge and it's just like, oh, hey, that, that that's kind of me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a dickhead that likes to read <laughs> These guys are Bane is a great example of that. (laughs) Darth Bane is a great example of that. Oh, absolutely. I'd explore that a little bit because I'm not 100% sure. Bane was the Old Republic Sith? You gotta read Bane. You gotta read the Bane books, man. He's amazing. (laughs) Darth Bane is what started um, the whole rule of two. Like, the reason why there wasn't a whole bunch of Sith. Because he he saw the power in the Empire... Um, well, how the the Sith Empire was losing power because there was so many, and it just made more sense to have just a few individuals controlling all that power versus, right. you know, entire empires. Yeah, Bane was actually responsible for destroying tons of uh, Sith when there was a whole planet full of them uh, working together. Yeah, when he, the Sith was like a race, destroyed all. What's that? I mean, wasn't yeah. the Sith a race at one point? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, but I mean, as far as Sith origin. lords, though. Oh, okay. There was, yeah, there was, there was a, there was a, a large group of Sith lords that had an army that he basically is responsible for wiping them out and deciding that the best way to keep from them squabbling is to have one who 
knows all the you know about all the power and the other is the apprentice whose job is to lust for that power and try to kill his master eventually so huh. and become yeah. the master um so I, this has been a narrative that i've read in a number of different fantasy novels and, and i make a distinction between science fiction and fantasy because i i heard or i saw a bunch of tweets from neil degrasse tyson who was uh, pulling apart the Star Wars movie after he had seen it. And one thing, I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, but it pisses me off because Star Wars is not Star Trek. It's not supposed to be science literal. It's supposed to be yeah, fucking yeah. fantasy. Right, right. So stop acting like it's and Star Trek. It's, it's also it's also in another galaxy, and there could be elements in that galaxy that don't work the way our elements do. So Yeah, what if it's one Absolutely. of the multiverses you talk about, Neil? Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> Satanism one, science zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Douchebag. Um, no, but it's a narrative that we're spoon fed is that evil feeds upon itself. And um, okay, so this is going to be a little bit vulnerable for all of us in our ex personal experience. And I'm going to start with me. I have, I have actually seen this where. I mean, you see it in any circle because we're all human and we have human desires and in minds and, and everything. But um, we, anytime you connect with a larger group, there's this vying for position, and that <laughs> process of vying for position, uh, it, it can deteriorate the greater group, right? So, yeah. have you guys seen this? Have you experienced this personally? There's a reason why my group of friends are small. <laughs> I'm the one that watches yeah, that. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. People. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something that anybody, any whether that be in, in a workplace, um, it's easier to work in a place with fewer people. Um, and that, so I'm sure, like, you know, in the tattoo business, of course, we understand that. You know, when you have a shop full of people, then and then the customer walks in the door, everyone's... <laughs> everyone's going after that customer and pretty soon they're fighting with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a fair narrative for the dark side? Is that, you know, if there were more than just two, I mean, obviously it's been established in at least legends now, but well, I don't even know if it's like, like Canon at this point, you guys will have to tell me, but is that a fair Bane is anymore? But what's that? No, Bane's Canon. Is he? Kind of. Uh, because of uh, the Clone well, Wars. So wait, he's Bane a, he's... was in the Clone Wars? Yeah, the last season. Like you need you need to watch the season finale. I the watched the Clone episodes. Wars. I didn't. I don't remember Bane. Yeah, Yoda goes to Bane's tomb. I mean, of course, Bane's story isn't canon, but the idea that Bane is a part of the universe is. Well, that he existed. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch that. I I do remember like the last fight with Maul and the Emperor, which I totally had a boner. <laughs> which, yeah. Fucking awesome, but uh, I don't I don't 100% recall that. Um, so I'll have to explore that. Do you think it, it, it kind of bothers me because, well, I mean, you know, we we talked about in the very uh, early on, Dorian, you brought up the idea that that you know bringing the balance is bringing it back down in numbers of the Jedi to to Sith level. Um, we can't really extrapolate this to real life because it's not real life. But um, for the fun of it, is it 
is it a realistic comparison again for fun is it a realistic comparison saying that you know if if we truly if if there is a universal mind and that universal mind strives for balance is it fair to say that we just have to have equal numbers like is, is that just an absurd notion to either of you yeah that's just bizarre yeah i mean well yeah absolutely obviously i mean we know that uh as, uh, as Satanists, we, we don't have the same numbers as um, <laughs> as Christians and stuff like that. But you know, the other yeah. the other side of that is um, that you know, just as with Sith, um, you know, if you get enough Satanists together, plenty of them aren't going to get along either. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, I mean, it's the same the same oh, thing. Yeah. You know, when um, they're different different uh, different egos. And certainly the Sith would definitely champion the ego. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Is it weird to you guys that, that the Sith are the only ones that recognize human emotion and like like the 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 Jedi just seem to completely ignore it? Like we're human beings. they can't even have sex as Jedi. What the I suppose fuck? it's like it's possible, I guess it's like a like a priest. You know, like they where they think that it's maybe some that uh, preoccupies them, or um, so does that mean? Yeah, you know, it's, for... it's also a weakness. I mean, you could say that just kind of like they do with all like different superhero things. You know, if if you have a love, then you have a weakness that your enemy can go after. Yeah. See, that's what I really loved about the new movie too, is that they flipped that script, right? Where there was Kylo the whole time was I will not succumb to these feelings of attachment. I will not be the weak Vader of legend. I will I will be better. I you know, I, I'm not weak in in so they literally took this established dogma of Jedi versus Sith inverted it and said, "Well, no, the purity is the Sith and the weakness is not the emotion and the championing of emotion, but it's the abstinence of emotion. That's the real weakness. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. What do you guys think? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it just it makes sense. You have to have the emotions to strive to have the power, like yeah. the whole giving, giving to your feelings type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you have to have something necessary. that's so passionate enough that that you would that, that you would do anything for. So we've already talked about the hero's journey in Star Wars and how it relates maybe to individual Satanists. But that idea of selflessness in the hero's journey is inherent in that story. And this story, whether you as a modern human accept it or not, is ingrained in our DNA as tribal creatures. Um, it is what has it, it, it is literally the oldest stories that have ever been written down. Uh, this hero's journey type story. Uh, but in that same side of things, you know, we're connected with this idea of wanting to be greater than human beings, wanting to be above and beyond our emotions. But what makes us human, what makes us as these walking, talking, farming, cooking apes, essentially, is that we <laughs> are in tune with our emotions what uh cameron can you explore this dichotomy of of what we want to be as a species versus what we are what do you think of that i know this is above uh, and beyond star wars <laughs> <laughs> yeah taking a completely different level <laughs> um 
Oh man. The, well, Dor- Dorian, do you have any thoughts while he's, yeah, he's putting this together? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that, um, I mean, I think one of the things that we have to remember is when you, when you look at a hero story and, and, and let's just, let's just take, um, Luke Skywalker as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the only person in the story. There's, I mean, there's, there's entire planets full of people. And I think if you, if you look at it that way, um, while we're, we're championing, championing this one person because of their sacrifice, but the, I, you know, it doesn't say that this is something that we all have to do. And in fact, you know, can we all do it? So, I mean, essentially, if you look at it, like what we're saying, what these stories are kind of just like we said, you know, how the, the Jedi are almost like a form of a priest. This is almost like a story of championing a priest and his story. It doesn't, you know, and, and the action, the adventure, and then, of course, the um, uh, being treated as a champion. Those are the parts that appeal to us. Hmm. The sacrifice does not. Yeah. And and when it comes to a sacrifice of that, I mean, and that's kind of one of the things they push is that this kind of sacrifice, even though it looks great in story, you're essentially giving up everything. You know, they don't even have possessions other than their lightsaber. Yeah. We were talking about sacrifice briefly. uh, And again, we're we're making correlations between sacrifice of this fictional story versus uh, the sacrifices as a human being witnessing these stories uh, through video or reading them. Um, But there's a historical precedent inherent in the idea of sacrifice that uh, is championed. And, And it's, you know, going all the way back to Gilgamesh or, or vocal stories before that, um, it is something that is championed. And even in modern eras, uh, and specifically I'm going to have to bring it home to me because I know a lot of people aren't this, don't see things same don't see things the way that I see them. For example, uh, in the Vietnam War, uh, we had a lot of soldiers sacrifice themselves for their brother in arms and maybe it's because I was a soldier and so I understand this idea of a brotherly connection in yeah. soldiers, mm-hmm. but the idea of sacrificing yourself for another soldier in a dire life and death circumstance so that one can live over the other. I can't help but find admiration in that. And I don't, I don't know if it's sure. because I, the gentlemen that raised me were literally war heroes, according to the United States. Of course, according to Vietnam, they're probably fucking sinners, <laughs> like the worst of the worst. Yeah. But uh, so I, do you guys ever find that, that challenge within yourselves of relating to a story on terms of sacrifice, morality, and uh, loss uh, versus reality. I like, do you ever have any qualms about that? Uh, Cameron, let's start with you. Um, I, I can appreciate it. I can understand it, especially, you know, for, for a story arc, but uh, I don't know. It, it uh, of course with, the ultimate sacrifice, it would depend, you know, per person, how they are, their state of right. mind, what's going on. But I, I think that's it's sort of been one of the hardest parts for with most stories for me to get into because I can't see making that sacrifice for just anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, loved ones, whatever, that that's all excluded. That's a given. But right. uh, I don't know. It's... I guess I'm just a 
selfish dickhead, but it's <laughs> it's been kind of it, it's hard, it's hard for me to get into that mindset and appreciate where they are. Yeah. In there. Well, I'm going to I'm going to stop you there just briefly because I, I I'm going to have us call out what would be worth sacrificing for in just a second. But uh, okay. before we do, uh, Dorian, did you struggle with that idea of sacrifice, real world versus fictional world? Well, I think um, I think it depends on the situation. Um, obviously, like even, you know, the worst, the, the most selfish people would probably still uh, sacrifice themselves for their child. But and, you know, so I mean, you know, like, you know, your wife or something like that. And there's going to be a degree. There's going to be, you know, a situation or somebody who you want. And so if you've gone through a situation of life and death like soldiers have, uh, there's a there's a different bond there versus, you know, people that you kind of pass by at the office at work. You know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a much stronger bond there. And so I think I think any of us can have that admiration for a soldier, especially if it's a situation where it's like, hey, there's no way all of us are getting out of here. One of us is going to die anyway. Then it it's a different situation to say, well, fuck that. You, it's got to be you. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, obviously we're going to admire the guy who says, you know, what, I'm going to stand up for you guys because you guys are like brothers to me. Um, so that's a different situation than, you know, what, what we might encounter on a a daily basis. So it's really, it's going to depend on the situation. See, and I bring it up because I have seen these threads of thought, these threads of discussion brought up in, in different venues where it, it is the idea of as a Satanist, we champion individualism we champion strength of self and it's an interesting idea that even i have i I don't know for sure but i don't think i've met a satanist that given the right the specific circumstances wouldn't voluntarily give their own life up for the one thing that they truly hold dear even though we champion life above all else we still recognize Again, personal experience. Well, well, I'm sure there's some that don't. That that there are some things that are better or or more valuable than what we've experienced so far. That we would be willing to say, "Fuck it, I'm going to face these insurmountable odds so that they can live." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think obviously, like the the point of vital existence and and enjoy you know life is you have to enjoy it for one so mm-hmm. if i am so selfish that i wouldn't lay down my life for my wife in a life and death situation i said sorry but i'm selfish and she's taken out how will i really enjoy the rest of my life although i guess if i'm that selfish maybe i would anyway <laughs> i don't know but i, mean, I, I can't see <laughs> i can't see looking at a situation where it's like well i could have stepped up but fuck it i didn't want to die so you know yeah <laughs> i didn't catch my fucking netflix series what the fuck <laughs> yeah, exactly so i can't i can't see being able to uh, enjoy vital existence after that absolutely yeah. See, I, I think that's interesting because it brings us right back around to the beginning of saying that in order to know what you're experiencing, you have to experience the opposite or at least be aware of the possibility of the opposite in in a very real sense. Um, 
and I think I've told this story before, uh, but I, you know, I went uh, camping with my son and another uh, a friend of mine and his daughter. And at, on the way into the Uinta Mountains, the forest rangers at the stopping point at the beginning told us that there were a lot of bear sightings. So they hoped they, that we brought our bear mace and I didn't have anything to protect myself. So the entire time we were camping, I was running through scenarios of fighting a fucking bear revenant <laughs> style so that my son would live with this other... But I was... It's just I'm okay with that. Like if it means that my boy has the opportunity of a longer life, I would gladly fight a fucking bear and lose (laughs) so that he could do that, you know? Exactly. Yeah, of course. All right. On that note, Cameron, who would you die for? Uh, I know it's just out of context. I know, but uh, my my family, I mean, well, okay. Not all of them, but a a good amount of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Not all of them. <laughs> Not all. Of them. Let's let's be honest. There's you know who you just, are. <laughs> yeah, I just be kind of like, meh. It's been a good run, but I mean, yeah, it's there's no question about it. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna get too into detail of this right, situation, right. but it was a life or death. But there was the possibility of me dealing with consequences that I've never dealt with, and would probably be a big pansy about if I had to deal with them. Uh, just this last week, actually, and there was oh shit. Th- yeah, there was. Uh, I'll tell you off oh, air. Um, okay. There, there was no, there was no question about it. It was, it was a non-issue. I was like, well, this is one I love. That I'm not gonna let them go through this shit. If I have to deal with this, so they can be all right. Eh, fuck it, let's do it. Oh yeah. Uh, what about you, Dorian? Well. By sacrifice, you mean you mean giving up your own life? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, obviously, wife and children. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got three daughters. Any one of them. The the thing is, I, I guess outside of that realm, it's hard to say un- unless I know the situation. And what I mean by that is, if me and some of my best friends and brother and all of us are um, or, you know, there's a guy with a gun saying one of you has to die. Who's it going to be? Probably what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to try and charge him, mm-hmm. you know, and try and fight. And, and if I got to take the bullet that way, that's one thing. But now if we're like tied down and, you know, then it's like a matter of who's yeah, going to take it. And there's no way to fight it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's t- it depends on that situation. You know, you're gonna like, am I gonna speak up first or will someone speak up first? I wish I could tell you, but I, you know, I, I, it's it's kind of like, you know, are you gonna face death bravely? I have no fucking clue. I want to say yeah, but I yeah, don't like know. Yeah, like a think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all heroes in our own mind, but I will not cry too bad. <laughs> too much. More than ten minutes, I won't cry. More than yes. ten. <laughs> Begging yeah. for my life for ten solid minutes. But after that, I'm a rock. Yeah, I, I just think it's an interesting idea because it, I have seen it brought up before. So it's nice to to have some Satanists who who have self-identified for a very long time or have a solid grasp of the philosophy and still. I think this is a misconception about Satanists, even amongst yeah. Satanists that sure. and it's ironic because in the same way that the dark side champions passion and emotion and the human experience we do that very much as satanists but not 
for those that we have chosen to love. Like we, we will do things against our nature, against our very cores as Satanists for these people that we have chosen to hold on a higher level. And I don't think that that makes us less of a human being or less of a Satanist or less of anything. I think in the way that we have chosen them, it makes us greater than. And oh, I'm not entirely positive that everyone sees it that way. So, yeah, I yeah. also think that what it, what it really makes us is honest because I yeah. think that there's a lot of people who, who would say what they would do and then what they actually would do when it comes down to it is a totally different thing. Definitely. Uh, but to be fair, I'm glad I didn't have to fight a fucking bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I would have been, been DiCaprio in the dirt getting <laughs> fucked, so it would have been bad. <laughs> Did you guys see that, The Revenant? No. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard about Holy it. Holy but... fuck, it's amazing. Yeah, I loved it. So good. Of course, the couple that I went with hated it, so it's <laughs> polarizing. But anyway, um, uh, gentlemen, this has been fucking awesome. I've had so much fun. Thank you so much for joining Oh, I'm so glad we did this again. Yeah. Yeah, I can't well, wait for the next one, man. Indeed. Yeah. Again, we already had planned a next one, and I would love to do one more after that. So if you guys are game, let's just fucking roll it out. It'll be bad fucking ass. Yes. Just do yeah. one. Let's just do them for each each movie. Just keep doing it for years. <laughs> As they come out, yeah. <laughs> I'm so oh, fuck. See, now you're thinking <laughs> of me like collaborating in your your uh, your old podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like just reviving that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it under the nine cents yeah, yeah. moniker, but we may we may have to figure out a way because I love this and and you two are fucking awesome. So it may be fun to to figure out another way to do it. But um, that's gonna have to do it for this episode of the extended nine cents lifespan Star Wars and Satanism. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. Thank you for your correspondence. Uh, thank you for your interest. Like just. Even like following us in social media, even though it's a dead fucking site. Like, it's amazing to me that people have still have any interest at all in any of this um, other than us fucking Star Wars geeks. So, And I make a distinction because my wife calls me a nerd and I get all angry and butthurt. Like, I'm not a Star Wars nerd. I'm a Star Wars geek. They, there's no such thing as a Star Wars nerd. We're, we identify as geeks, not nerds, right? Is that just me? Yeah, that's just you. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> really? It's all, it's all the same moniker to me, really. Oh, okay. Well, potato, <laughs> potato, motherfucker. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think of geeks as the guy that bites the chicken's head off still, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did not <laughs> make that connection. For the old, uh, what, was, what was the song with John Wayne, Nothing But a Pencil Neck Geek? Remember that Oh, one? shit. Okay, Dr. yeah, we're coming Pencil. completely different <laughs> fucking roads here. Okay, never mind. Whatever. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, again, if you want to tune in and listen to uh, Dorian Gray, he's got his podcast. Do you want to tell the good folks where they can find that? Yeah, it's the devil you know podcast.com. And of that's course, funny. you're tattooing out of where? Uh, I am tattooing in Port St. Lucie, Florida. It's kind of between uh, Daytona and. Uh, Fort Lauderdale, um, right on the coast, and uh, it is called Twisted Image Tattoos. All right, well, yeah. if you're in the area, look them up, drop and say hi, or get inked. Either way, you're going to end up with a fantastic experience. Uh, Cameron, 
I've been inked by you personally. I know you're a good man and a fucking talented, crazy ass artist. Uh, where can people find you? Um, I'm up in northern Utah in Clearfield, uh, the Zen Head Shop, which I own and run, try to at least, and tattoo in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right I pretend try I know what I'm least. doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I can vouch for both of these individuals if it makes any difference to anyone at all. Uh, talented gentlemen, wonderful human beings, and powerful Satanists owning their own lives. So look them up if and you have the opportunity. Uh, thank you for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by these two fine gentlemen. And until next time, if we can say it together on a count of three, maybe, a little hell Satan. One, two, three. Hail, Hail Satan. 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 Dorian, you were off. <laughs> Douche. <laughs> the force is not with you! <laughs> <laughs>